You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. done for you last month or before then it's important we need to know what God is doing there is no other God and when we turn elsewhere to worship we lose the blessings of the Lord because he gives out blessings so graciously but should we turn and look elsewhere we're in for trouble only one blessing comes and when we worship our God has God ever done something amazing in your life of course he has God is a miracle worker, capable of doing anything. In today's message, Pastor Dave will ask you to look back on a time that God came through for you. Think back and remember God's goodness and love towards you in the storms of your life. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2 as he continues his message, Hannah's Prayer of Praise. Let's look at verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Wow. Right off the bat, Hannah begins her prayer by rejoicing in the Lord. This is so important. What are you rejoicing in? What are we rejoicing in? I know some of you, I've read your Facebook post. How many of us are more happy on payday than we are the day before. <laughs> How many of us look at the bank account on payday and go, woohoo, payday? When God's saying, where was that yesterday? Where was that yesterday when you only had a couple of pennies to rub together? Where was the praise then? Who gave you that pay? Man, wait a minute here. The Lord hasn't changed. In fact, But we always want to rejoice in the Lord when circumstances are good because then it's easy. Then it's really easy. But when things get rough, when things start to get tough, that's when rejoicing in the Lord really takes on a whole new meaning. That's a different story. Things were tough for Hannah. She just gave away her kid. She had never had a child. We have no idea how old she was. She just gave away her kid. She just gave him to a wicked priest to raise. My goodness. She's rejoicing unselfishly here, not only for herself, but she knows that in her heart that God has a plan for the nation Israel. And she knows in her heart that her son is going to be used. So she's rejoicing for the nation Israel. Think about this. She and her husband had just left their child to these priests who were less than honorable, her only child. But she knew God had a plan. She trusted in God. Many of you, many of you, many of you quote a lot of times when someone's going through troubles, you quote Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. You know that. You quote that. 
Do you believe it or is it just something you spat out of your mouth? She knew God had a plan and she trusted in that plan because it was God's plan and not her plan. It was God's plan. She prayed from her heart. It's always a matter of the heart. If you want to get to the heart of the matter, the matter is the heart. What condition is your heart? Her heart was overflowing with love and joy in the Lord. That is where our joy exists. There is no joy outside of the Lord. The joy only comes in the Lord. You may have joy outside of the Lord that is very fleeting. The day after payday, when you're broke, the joy is gone. If that's where your joy is. But our joy should be in the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. We used to sing a wonderful song. I remember back in the day, there is joy in the Lord. There is love in His Spirit. There is hope in the knowledge of Him. What a great song. That's where our joy exists, in the Lord. In the Lord is where our joy is. That's what she's saying. Look at this. My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. What? Hannah had horns? No. Horn always is an example of strength. It's always an example of strength in the Bible. Her strength was exalted. She received new strength from God. God would be her help in time of trouble. Ephesians 6.10 says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Our strength comes from the Lord. Our strength comes from Him. He is our strength. She says, My horn is exalted in my strength. And I love the next verse. I smile at my enemies. She smiles at her enemies. Just for the heck of it, I looked up all the things that a smile does. Let a smile be your umbrella. No, I looked up all the things that a smile does. Did you know that a smile relieves stress? Do you know that a smile is contagious? It it releases endorphins? A smile is attractive. A smile strengthens the immune system. A smile makes you very, very approachable. And it also makes you appear trustworthy. A smile. She says, I smile at my enemies. I smile at them. Hannah, look at Hannah's reason to smile. Because I rejoice in your salvation. She rejoices in the salvation of the Lord. It's his salvation. Not my salvation. It's the Lord's salvation, for he's given it to me. God is my salvation. God is the God of salvation. Salvation belongs to him. He gives it. It is available to all because he gave his only begotten son. And that is a reason to rejoice. We have this scripture a lot, and we talk about it a lot. Luke 10, 20. In Luke 10, Jesus sends the disciples out. And they go out and they cast out demons and they heal the sick and they they do this and they do that. And all of a sudden they come back after being out there and they're shucking and jiving and high-fiving each other and go, Woo! We did this! Yeah, baby, look at that! Woo! Aren't we cool? Jesus says, What? What? Why are you doing that? Don't rejoice because you have power over evil spirits. Rejoice because your name is written in heaven. That is what we should be rejoicing about. If you've been born again into a living hope, 
If you've received Christ as your Savior, believe in Him with all your heart that on the cross your sins were forgiven and He rose from the dead. If you believe in all that, you're going to heaven. Forget the election, you're going to heaven. That alone should make you do flip-flops. That's what He said to them. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You want to rejoice about something? Rejoice in that. Forget the paycheck. Hannah sees more than just being delivered from her barrenness. She sees a new victory for the nation of Israel. The word salvation, does anybody know what the word salvation is in Hebrew? Yahshua. Yeshua. That's the word salvation. We get the name Joshua from that. And from Joshua, we get the Greek name Jesus. In Hebrew, he's called Yahshua. Jehovah is salvation. It is your salvation, God. Your salvation. Beautiful, beautiful name of the promised Messiah. And that's just verse 1. Look at verse 2. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. This should sound very, very familiar. Because in, in, in Romans 3... Paul quotes Psalm 14 and 53. There is no one righteous, no one not one. There is no one good. Here, Hannah is declaring, God, there's no one holy like you. To say that the Lord holy is to say that he is completely set apart. He's unique and there is not anyone else like him. Praise God. So when she continues in the same verse and says, for there is none beside you, she is saying the same thing. There is one or there is none holy like the Lord. But only she says it in different words. And then she says, nor is there any like or any rock like our God. Again, she's saying the same thing. And this is a Hebrew way of poetry. They repeat things multiple times so that you get the picture. So you see what she's trying to say. Look at the majesty that's shown here. Look at the majesty that's shown here. We see the greatness of God. When you get a glimpse of the greatness of God, your life starts to change. Your life is brought into a new perspective. You have a new perspective of things. Not only do you have a new perspective of yourself, which should be unclean, but you have a new perspective of what the Lord is doing. Hannah knew the character of God, and she exalted His glorious attributes. We have a chance to know His character too. We have a chance to know and have knowledge of God. God wants us to know of him. He wants us to have that knowledge. And we have that knowledge right here in his word. That knowledge is right here for us to read. Hannah affirmed his holiness. She affirmed his uniqueness. There is no one like you, Lord. God is indeed most holy and most unique. He is set apart. He is above all things. In fact, the Hebrews declare this. Every time before they pray. They declare this every time before they meet. They declare this. It's called the Shema. It's called the Shema. You can find it in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. They repeat it over and over and over. This was important for Israel. 
This was important for Israel. It was important for them to remember this. They had forgotten this. It's almost like they had forgotten from whence they've come. They had forgotten the wilderness. They had forgotten the Red Sea. They had forgotten Joshua and all the things that went on. All they saw before their eyes were the horrible times of the judges. God saying, hey, listen. Listen. I've done so mighty things for you. What has God done for you today? What has God done for you last month or before then? It's important. We need to know what God is doing. There is no other God. And when we turn elsewhere to worship, we'll lose the blessings of the Lord because he gives out blessings so graciously. But should we turn and look elsewhere, we're in for trouble. Only one blessing comes and when we worship our God. In verse 3, She says, talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge. By him, actions are weighed. These verse begins with the words pride and arrogance. Now, it seems directed toward the other wife, Peninnah. It seems like it might be directed toward her. But in some way, Hannah sees Peninnah as just a representative of everyone who is proud and everyone who is arrogant in the world. Hannah wisely tells the proud to don't talk anymore. Don't let any arrogance come out of your mouth. See, pride can be expressed in many, many ways, but it's usually expressed in our words, how we raise ourselves up, how we are pompously walking around. What is pride according to the Lord? According to Proverbs 6, pride is an abomination. Pride is an abomination. A proud talk. A proud look is an abomination to the Lord, it says in Proverbs 16. But then again, in Proverbs 16, 5, it says, A proud heart is also an abomination to the Lord. Abomination. And what is arrogance? Arrogance is believing that you're smarter, more important than anybody else. That's what arrogance is. You have all the answers and you don't need to be talked about because you're smarter than anybody else. There is no place for pride and there is no place for arrogance when you stand before the Lord. I mean, you go back to Isaiah in Isaiah 6 and he stood before the Lord. What did he say? What were the first words out of his mouth? Weren't, oh, look how cool the Lord is. No, woe is me. Where's the pride in that? Where's the pride and arrogance in that? Woe is me because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live in a nation of unclean lips. There's no place for either pride or arrogance. God knows everything about you, inside and out. God knew Peninnah's haughty and evil words towards Hannah. He also heard Hannah's cry through prayer. God knows these things. He hears these things. Hannah's rejoicing because of her great knowledge of the Lord, the knowledge of God and how important it is to us. The more knowledge we have of him, the more soothing it becomes, the more more confident we are, the more we know God and his character. It's the best reason to forsake our pride. I don't want anything to come between me and the Lord. Nothing needs to become in me, least of all pride, least of all arrogance. Least of all arrogance and pride. Next to God, all of us know exactly nothing. Absolutely nothing. And since we are far from God, we are far from his knowledge. He knows us. He says, by your actions, we're weighed. He weighs our actions. What does that mean? God weighs your actions. 
I don't know who it was. Someone said, just do the right thing. I think it was Spike Lee, wasn't it? Just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Yeah. What if you do the right thing with the wrong motive? What if you do the right thing with the wrong heart? Ah, God knows your actions. God weighs your actions. And you know, when we get up to that Bema seat and the rewards are given out, he's going to play this video and he's going to go, Yo, Dave, remember when you did this? You were so cool. You thought you were doing me a favor. You were doing that for you. Excuse me? Yeah, he knows those things. He weighs our actions and he knows your actions. He knows that. Do all things as under the Lord. That's the scripture. Do all things as under the Lord. Doing them with the wrong attitude. You can even do the right thing with the wrong attitude. If you do the right thing with the wrong attitude, it's the wrong thing. What a, what a great thing Hannah's saying here. Then we pick up some speed now because there's like all one thought here. So we're going to read 4 through 8a. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who were full of have hired themselves out for bread. The hungry have ceased to be hungry. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and he brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among the princes. Hannah said that the Lord is holy. She said that the Lord is holy and just, and His ways are always true, and His word and His character are never false. She said this because this is something that we can depend upon. Scripture says God never changes. And we can depend upon His character. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is one thing we can always depend upon, is His character. But he's also merciful and gracious. And often he does things that catch us by surprise. And sometimes he turns everything upside down. Sometimes he turns everything upside down. You ever notice that? All the things that you've been trusting in, all the things that you've been placing your hope in, all the things that you think are important to you, all of a sudden, they're gone. There's turmoil. Everything looks like it's upside down. That's what he's doing here. Warriors fall while weaklings win. Warriors fall and stumble. Weaklings win. Rich people who have any, for any, plenty of food are looking for something to eat. But the poor are, are eating till they're full. That's what's being said here. They have more than they need. A barren woman gives birth to seven children, but the woman with many children is exhausted and can't enjoy her own family. See, that's the contrast that she's doing here. She's speaking of the sovereignty of God. She's speaking of God's sovereignty, saying, He's in charge of life and death and everything in between. It's God's sovereignty, folks. His plan has yet to be worked out for us to see, but God knows the end of this plan. He knows what's going to happen. He's sovereign. He can rescue us from the grave or he can permit us to die. Some people get healed. Some people do not. Why? Because God is sovereign. I don't know. 
You pray for healing. You hope for healing. Sometimes it doesn't happen in this lifetime. It doesn't happen until you see the Lord face to face. If He allows us to live, He can make us rich or poor. He can exalt us or He can abase us. For only He knows what's best for us. God knows what's best for you. Maybe what you're going through right now, what you think is terrible, and I'm not minimizing trials. I never want to stand up here and minimize your circumstances or minimize what you're going through. But maybe you're going through there because God has a plan. And sometimes you're going through something and the plan isn't even for you. It's for somebody else. But you're going through this for them to look in and go, oh, wow, we don't know. A lot of times the plan is for you. A lot of times you go through these things. Have you noticed trials come and go? How many of you have been through the same trial six or seven times? It's almost like God is saying, can't you get it? Can't you get it straight? I used to wonder why I used to wander in the wilderness. I used to always have this joke. I'm wandering in the wilderness, and here's this cactus I come across, and I carve my name in it. And everything's fine. Then all of a sudden I sign myself in the wilderness again. I look up and the cactus, my name's way up here. And wait a minute. The cactus has grown. I carve my name in it again. I mean, how am I going, when am I going to realize that God wants me out of the wilderness? We go through trial after trial after trial. Sometimes, and a lot of times of our own doing and our own making, guys. A lot of times we make our own. Hannah warned against pride. And she gives more reason why we should be humble before the Lord. We should be humble before God because he knows how to humble the strong. He knows how to humble the strong. The bows of the mighty men are broken. Those who are full are now begging. She who has many children has become feeble. If you're strong now or exalted now, we should be humble because the Lord can change our place very quickly. Very quickly. The... um, Comedian Mark Lowry said one time his favorite, and I've copied this many times, he said one time his favorite verse is the Bible, it's in the old King James, and it came to pass. That was his favorite verse. Well, why is it your favorite verse? Because if you're going through a hard time, and it came to pass. But be careful, when you're going through a good time, and it came to pass. Things happen. God's timing. God takes us through things. We come out. You're either coming out of a trial or going into the trial or you're in one long trial. But God is the same. He never changes. We should be humble before God because he knows how to exalt the weak. Those who stumbled and are girded with strength, those who are hungry have ceased to hunger. And even the barren bore seven kids. If we're weak now or in a low place, we should wait humbly before God and let Him lift us up. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and He will lift you up. That's the scripture. In Luke 14, verses 7 through 11, Jesus said that we have an opportunity to set ourselves high. And when that comes along, we should take the low place instead. And then when someone sets you up to a higher place, it will be a pleasant experience. But if we put ourselves in the high place, Someone may come along and knock us off the high place to a lower place. You are Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. 
Feel free to read ahead in the book of 1 Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. Find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. Well, we'd like to invite you to join us in person for church at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Right now, we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m., along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers, that we'll be wise in our decisions, and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel, right here on A Sure Hope.